welcome to Launch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications for the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches partnering together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. My guest today on Launch is Bill Foss. Many of you will recognize his name. He's pastor of Harvest Church near Portland, Maine, actually in Westbrook, uh, just west of Portland. He has the distinction of pastoring a GCC church that is pretty remote compared to the rest of the churches, uh, the GCC churches in America. And so we're going to be talking to Bill today about bivocational ministry, uh, something that he knows well, uh, as well as what it's like to pastor in an area that is um, so far away from what we typically think of as uh, the Bible Belt and places that are loaded with churches. So uh, looking forward to this conversation today with Bill Foss. Well, thanks again for joining everyone. Uh, I'm live today. Well, it won't be live when you hear it, but uh, I am live and Bill Foss is also live. Uh, He's up in Westbrook, Maine, which is just west of Portland. Is that right? Yes, it is. Excellent. Uh, So, Bill, you are pastor at Harvest Church in Westbrook. Um, And I know a lot of our guys know you and you know a lot of our guys. But we do have some new guys in the network, and because you're you're like, I think you may be the most remotely located uh, GCC church <laughs> in in America, in the American group. Yeah, in America, except for the guys out in Calgary, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and you're also bivocational. So why don't you tell everybody a little yeah. bit about yourself? You can go in any direction with this that you want to. Well, guys, um, again, my name is Bill Foss. I'm uh, what I would call myself is a bivocational pastor of a. Uh, Probably what we call an average church in, in the United States, which is under 100 people here in Westbrook. Um, you know, I've been bivocational for, well, ever since I graduated from Bible college as a second career pastor in 96. Now, there's been a few years here and there that I haven't been uh, bivocational, but um, like I said, most of the time it has been uh, working a couple of jobs um, and uh, pastoring the church. Uh, church is going well. Uh, we're, we've been here. I've been pastor of this particular church for 24 years. Wow. And um, yeah, it's been a while. I'm in my <laughs> mid 50s and waiting for my last uh, child to be done college and head her way. And uh, so it's it, it's it's an interesting life that we live up here in the uh, in the Northeast. Now, you guys uh, call it, are you guys of, called Mainers? Is that the is that the word? Yeah, Mainers. Um, yeah, you know, some other people call us maniacs, but um, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a different story. We, yeah. we are our own different breed up here. If you think of Massachusetts, it's not really who we are. Um, we're a little bit more uh, remote than Massachusetts, although the city that we live close to here in Portland is somewhat called Little Boston. Uh, it's a nice little, nice little city, but, you know, it's our biggest city in Maine, and it's only 65,000 people. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Now, so yeah. you're a, you're a native Mainer then? That's where you were born and grew up. Yeah, I live in the hometown that I grew up in. We moved back about you know five years ago. We lived all over, but you know uh, the area. But we settled back in my hometown about five years ago. Excellent. And yeah, that's that, it's different. It's um, you know you look around; it's not quite the same as it was when you were a kid, and it's uh, it's okay. So it's the next town over from where Westbrook is. It's actually, the town of Wyndham. Okay, excellent. So. Um, Talk a little bit about um, how you came to faith in Christ, because, you know, I'm in the Bible Belt. A lot of guys are in the South, and we just think that there are no Christians in Maine. 
that, or that you yeah. must be the only one. So, um, how did you, how did you come to faith in Christ and what is the, um, kind of the spiritual dimension like in Maine? Well, there's that. Yeah. Um, probably back when I was uh, seven or eight years old, my brother and I, my little brother and I, three years younger than I am, uh, we came out into the living room and it was Easter Sunday. And, um, we usually were expecting, you know, the Easter bunny stuff, but there was a couple of, uh, well, dating myself here, leisure suits. Uh, <laughs> and my, my, my brother and I walked into my parents' bedroom and we said, what is this? And they told us that we were going to church that day. And that was different for us, different mm. from my family. And uh, we started going to a church um, here in Portland, the First Baptist Church. And probably about well, six, seven months after we started going there, uh, the, we used to go to the night service because it was a little bit more modern at that time, right? Mm. And the pastor was using the overhead projector, wow. and he was drawing out the bridge illustration of the gospel. And I can remember just Thursday, and he asked if anybody wanted to get saved, and I raised my hand and um, didn't realize it till you know, several years later that I was the first one in my family to that? accept the Lord. My, my parents were shortly after me, but um, it was me as the first one, and... You know, I wish I could say it was all um, uh, <laughs> a rosy trip after that, but grew up going to Christian schools and um, went to Bible college right out of high school, but uh, dropped out of Bible college. And was a period of time that I called the dark years. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the middle of that, the Lord called me back to um, himself, back to church, back to uh, a, a good relationship with him mm-hmm. and, you know, Shortly after that, met my wife. We get married, and a few years down the road, I said, "You know, honey, I, you know, I was building houses and doing all that kind of stuff at that time too." I said, "I think Lord's calling me back to Bible college." So we packed up two of the kids, the two oldest kids, and we went to Bible college and had a construction company during the time I was there. Wow. And yeah, supported myself, get out of college by, you know, swinging my hammer. And a lot of times I just created a project up on the school campus, um, one with a roof and a library, one of my <laughs> semesters at school. Uh, so it's just, that's just how my life has been, yeah. right? Um, but the strange part about me is, and you said about the, the um, Christian climate in Maine, uh, when I was a kid, there was lots of, you know, the move towards, um, Non, non-denominational churches, uh, and my folks went to went to an Assemblies of God church, and then our church that we I'm actually pastor now. My parents actually had, helped start this church. Mm. Um, it was an independent church, and it was kind of by the time I actually went to college, it was um, quite, quite neutral, uh, quite in, in very many ways. And uh, for the long story short, God brought me back here, a healthy church, you know, that all that project, but. Um, that is really, that is really fascinating that you've been in your, your hometown for all the life, except for where you went to to Bible college, which required a move, uh, come back, go return to the church where you were and then become the pastor of the church at some point, uh, all the while being (laughs) bivocational. Yep. All the time. You know, even my first couple of years here, I was, um, uh, I was, my income was solid construction. Mm-hmm. Um, the church actually paid a health insurance policy for us. 
and uh, it's you know it's been back, it's been up and down and, and all that and you know the the idea of being bivocational in the state of Maine uh, it, it's either the pastor has to work his job and his wife has to work a pretty solid full time job mm-hmm. uh, uh, because the churches again not that large but things are quite expensive mm-hmm. in the state of Maine heating bills you know I I don't even know what our heating bill cost in the building that we're in right now. I know what it was in the building that we used to own. It was astronomical. Wow. Uh, yeah, those those kind of things that you have the plowing expenses of the property. You have all those things you need to pay. So it's I've never wanted to strap the church financially. Mm-hmm. And to be able to pay the bills, to be able to have all of that done, um, to be able to have money for other things has been good. Mm-hmm. But um, again, and so... In all of that, it balanced all out in our world, and in, 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 in our, my wife Melissa's and my family is we chose that she would be home with the kids as they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situation is is that we had two, and then we had eight and a half years, and then two more. So that time period has been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and the so so that was a burden financially, and so and again, a, a lot of guys, a lot of pastors have their their wife works. And they work, and we just chose it the different way. Right. A lot of times we need two incomes, so I provided the two incomes. She provided a lot of homeschooling and different things at different times. And um, talk talk a little bit. Freedom up to do a lot of things for church. Talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges that a a bivocational pastor would face, maybe in regards to time, uh, in regards to. like um, being able to have that balance between family and church ministry and then your regular job uh, situation. Because there'll be some guys that are listening who are considering uh, bivocational, and then there's another term that's used sometimes called co-vocational. Uh, right. They're, they're going to be considering one of these options as they plant. Um, talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you've dealt with that you're like, hey, here's a couple of things you might want to keep in mind. Yeah, there's, that's one of the reasons that we chose homeschooling is because of the flexibility mm. uh, that, you know, if, if it happened to be you know, the other balance of my life is I'm self-employed corporate. I don't work for somebody else. Um, it's always been on my own. So I get to pick the days and, and, and the times and, and get up with the kids. I used to take the kids to school. Uh, there was even a period in, in, in our, with the older two that I actually taught at that at the school they went to, it was the Christian school they went to. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the ways I was bivocational, and I did snow plowing. And you know, there's different ways that you can you can get around um, making sure that you have great family time. And that's always been a priority with us, and it uh, still is with our, with our kids now and our grandkids. Yeah. Um, so, they, but you know, to, to balance things out, you have to make sure that you choose the, the second career that is balancing, and you also have to always realize that the church is the first responsibility. Mm. Um, and so uh, a lot of times during my years is I would, if there was a, if there was a week that I had to put three or four days into a, into a project, a, you know, construction project, I would absolutely know it ahead of time and prep sermon prep beforehand. Mm. Um, the other thing is, is I, I've always pretty much always worked on my sermons on, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you guys all here, you go to these conferences and the guys tell you that you have to do it this way and have to do it this way. No, you don't have to. We're all a little <laughs> bit different. Um, 
and our lives work a little bit differently. And so I work a lot better when I finish a sermon on Saturday instead of Friday. Um, I know that's probably going to make some guys turn green. But, oh, man, I got um, I got you beat. I um I study all week long, but I don't finish yep. until Sunday morning. I get up at like 3 o'clock and study yep. and finish up for a couple of hours. And when I was, when yep. I was pastoring full-time, I would actually carry – a thumb drive in that had all of the PowerPoint slides. So I did all the PowerPoint slides myself yeah. so that I could get them yeah. done at the very last second. And then I would take them in and they'd plug them into whatever pro presenter or whatever they were using. Um, so somebody that's, else built the template I finished, and I just changed the words. I finished, sun, I finished Sunday morning, probably at seven o'clock in the morning last Sunday. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's, I mean, that's the kind of thing you have to do because, um, I guess a number of years ago, I developed my system of writing sermons that mm-hmm. doesn't take as long as what some guys would, would do. Um, and so you have to create your way of doing things that um, allow for the time you need. Uh, and, and, the other, and the concept of, of Sabbath, rest, and all those things, um, you can find rest. And this is how I, I, I tell people, you need to find rest like for your mind every hour, mm-hmm. you know, every day every week, but it doesn't have to be that full set of, that full day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling my daughter the other day that, you know, some guys that work the, 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 you know, the five days a week, they still don't get Saturdays off. Yeah. They have to, they have to take care of the stuff around their house. They have to take care of this. They have to take care of that. Um, Sabbath is a way, uh, it, it's a, it's a frame of mind as well. And yeah, my wife and I, we do, we do sneak out a lot for a couple of days here and a couple of days there and we get away from the house. We mm-hmm. get away from everything. It's something we established a long time ago, um, and it's been fairly easy for us because we have the older kids that watch the younger kids. You know, at that time, uh, my parents would watch the kids, but we we did a pretty good job of sneaking away for a couple of days to have that time as well. Yeah. Um, how is it um, with the expectation of the folks in your church on your time? Uh, so, you know, in the, in the Bible, in the Bible belt, in the Bible belt, you know, if, if you're in the office then there's, there's going to be a percentage of people in your church that feel like they can just drop by and stick their head in and talk about whatever for anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, well, that's going to be, that's going to be a problem anyways. Right. Um, (laughs) So what, what the the truth is, is what, uh, it's about preparing the people to, um, the people know that I'm bivocational and they know that I have another business. And I, in some ways that creates opportunities for, um, believability. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, a lot of the people that are in your church, they're working, they're working their tails off and to know that the pastor also does work his tail off. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, it's, it's, it's a cool little thing that happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when, you know, when you, when you, when you teach, you need to do your devotions. You need to get up and take time to do those. Um, when I tell stories of how I get up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and I do mine before this, and my wife and I get together and pray every morning. Um, if I can do it, they can do it. Yeah. And that, that so you, really you has, see that they can identify with lift. you a little bit better because you have that sec, you have that job just like they have a job as well. Yeah. I, that's what we found. Mm. Um, again, and the guys, the guys know that, um, I'm in the office at times, but they also, the church, the church knows if they want to talk to me, they all have my cell phone number. Right. <laughs> they all have my email address. 
Um, and they can call me at any time. We make sure that's available. Mm-hmm. You know, call me at any time. You know, I do work for myself. I can answer my phone, you know. And so it's, it's a lot of guys, my kids joke with me sometimes about the two hats that I wear. But right. um, the, the thing is that sometimes I have both hats on at the same time. <laughs> and and it's okay, you know. It's really okay because uh, I can have a phone call um, on the job site for, for a few minutes or for a half hour even, but then just go back to work. Um, let me ask you this as far as the, uh, as far as pastoring in, uh, in port in, or in Oregon, in Maine. Um, I knew you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like, here's, here's trivia for you. That's right. If you I had used Wyndham, it would have been different. But you know that Portland, Oregon, or Oregon, if you say that right, is actually named after Portland, Maine. I did not. I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah. <laughs> is that y'all's claim? Is that y'all's biggest claim to fame? Surely not. Surely not. Because because when you say Portland, everybody says that's you know, true. Or no, no, it's Maine. That's true. And I've actually yeah. been to Maine, and I yeah. still think Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about um, ministry in a remote area uh, like that, where um, what's do you deal with a different type of cultural Christianity or is there any kind of cultural Christianity that you have to like work through to get people to hear the actual gospel? Is it more, uh, of a non, uh, non exposure to the gospel or anything like that? Explain a little bit about what it's like to minister to people and try to reach people, uh, in your context. Uh, what we would call Maine, believe it or not, it's pretty much like the rest of, um, new England. It's quite post-Christian. Okay. Um, a lot of people have heard about Jesus. They've even heard the gospel. Um, they're not much interested in it. Um, it's a very, very, it's heavily Catholic um, up here because of the because of the French Canadians mm-hmm. that did come down here and settled. Um, it's very, I would say. There was a social gospel movement with the congregational churches and the Methodist churches at one time, mm-hmm. um, and those churches tended now that they're, they're the universal Unitarian Universalist churches that are around. Um, and, the, and so the the uh, I think in what we would call the Jesus movement in the '60s, mm-hmm. there there was a real push into this area, and I think you know the, the, the Calvary chapels and the real. Um, non-denominational movement did come into uh, Maine during that time. Uh, and then you got the mainline Baptist churches and they, they kind of struggled with each other there for a while. But, you know, so with, I can't, here's, here's, here's how I say it. I, I, I grew up in this, this greater Portland area. I probably know somebody in every church in this area. I know, I know somebody that if you t- <laughs> Because we are, it's the same Christian community. The Christian mm-hmm. community is okay size here, but it's the same as size it's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know much about new growth, new salvations, and those things that are you know you, you see it you see it slowly. I think up mm-hmm. here, um, and it excites me when I see that there's a guy in our church um, in his 60s that actually accepted the Lord a couple of years ago, and he's just totally on fire. That's but, awesome. We, we, his his uh, sister and brother-in-law come to our church, and I've known of this guy for years, interacted with him for years. But you know, I think things take longer up here. I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, things may take longer up here um, because people just 
we've got there's there's a cold attitude to in in Maine and in New England is um, yeah welcome to Maine now go home yeah is, one of the, is, <laughs> is that y'all's you know, marketing is that y'all's tourism slogan up there. Well, that's what that's what the, the real Mainers say, you know. Yeah, we need your money, but welcome, Dick, Dick, hurry up, go home, will you? Um, and it's again, it, I don't think it's that different than any other. Every place has its own culture. Every place has its own thing that we deal with, right? Um, and so, I'm a big, big believer in somebody from the area does the best ministry in the area. Um, that's why we like the way that we plant churches in other countries and get mm-hmm. a local that's there to do that. And I think the same idea works in Maine. Um, you know, we live in, we live probably in, in a region that's a little bit different here in Southern Maine. Mm. But if you go to where my parents are from and where my grandparents were, it does get quite different. <laughs> Is that farther, farther North? Yeah. A little farther North. Yeah. It's, a little, it's a little more, um, I'd be careful that my cousins live up there. <laughs> it's a little more country, put it that way. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, the southern people have redneck, right? But there's also a main redneck as well. Yeah. Uh, I think you every know? every state and every region has a, a version of, of redneck, and it's not right. – that's not a slur. At least it shouldn't be because it's just a way of uh, relating to your community and thinking about where you live. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been wearing jeans when I preached way before it was cool just yeah. because it was a thing that we, I did, you know. Um, there's, I remember going to Bible college and they we had to wear ties for our junior and senior year because we had to train ourselves for ministry. That's how old I am. Wow. Um, and I can't remember the last time I put a tie on. I think yeah. for a wedding I did once. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of thing happens, you know. My closet's. I should probably say this, my closet's full of guns and I, you know, and I hunt and those kind of things because mm-hmm. that's just, that's how I grew up. Right. Well, so. there's certain, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, yep. Bill, Bill Foss harvest church in yes. um, Westbrook, Maine. Is that right? Yes. All right, man. Uh, well, I look forward to seeing you sometime. I don't think we've ever met face to face. If we have, it must have been right after I started, and and I have no memory. But I I want to hang out. And with you were some. confused. You we were all confused, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, I I get to some of these things that we've done, and it's like, okay, I know that guy, but I can't remember his name. I know that guy, but I can't remember his name. But yeah, oh, man. And and I I just I just got an email from Nate Newell, and um, he's working with mission church now yeah. and they're going to really push towards church planning in the east and awesome. i think that's a great idea yeah um because it's not the bible belt up here anymore by any means yeah yeah it's just not and um you know remember the remember the bible colleges that used to be up here and everything went liberal you know yale and oh you know, yeah Harvard Absolutely. And all those, those, mm-hmm. those kind of places right and you know the the liberalness in christianity has has it's it started here and moved west mm. um and that's where we are we're, we're, we're in that post-christian i don't need jesus area mm. until somebody hears the gospel and somebody the lord saves them and it's just that's incredible to watch thank you for listening to launch the gcc podcast If you haven't subscribed already, why not take a moment to do that? 
in your favorite podcast app. Also, rate and review the podcast when you get a moment. That helps us with search results. And recommend us to your friends, maybe other pastors that you know, who will benefit from the content from this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our website if you haven't done that already. It's gccollective.org. That's gccollective.org. And there's a lot of helpful information. There's articles. There's how you can join the GCC, whether a church planter or an existing church. And plenty of other content that will help you grow spiritually and encourage you in your leadership journey.